The Radio Fam Podcast. TheRadioFam.com. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 3. This one's a little different. This one's not going to be hosted by me. Not that I talk much in these anyway, but... You know, I'm big on, like, the repurposing content, redistributing, all that good stuff. You know, let's just market the shit out of our stuff. Because, you know, like we talk about, if you record a YouTube video and it just sits there on YouTube, there's only so many times you can, like, share out that link and be like, hey, guys, watch it, watch it, you know. But, like, we can cut little pieces and put teasers and make it interesting interesting, and put it all over social media and, and stuff like that. So, anyway, as I've been cutting up these small pieces with these podcast episodes, I remembered that. So, back in February... Um, a lady by, J, uh, her name's Jay Bell, Janelle Bell. She goes by Jay Bell. Um, she came to me last year about this time and was like, hey, um, you know, come February, I'm interested in doing some series on Black History Month and you know, highlighting black personalities and all that stuff. And I was like, that's great. And in particular with her was because she's been putting out content. So, and I've been connected with her for a long time. So when she came to me with this idea, I wasn't like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what she does. I don't know. I don't know what, you know, I already knew. So right away I was like, yep, let's do it. So she recorded a few episodes for a series that we called Breaking the Ceiling um, that aired through February, 2021. And you know, the information is just as relevant. And so, um, yeah, same thing. So I was going through cutting up those small Uh, cutting up those videos into small pieces that way we could just um, point people back to those videos and again redistribute that content and get some more voices heard and as I was doing that I was like you know because she basically you know she's uploaded the raw the raw video so it's it's a a pretty long these videos are pretty long but you know what if you if you really want to get to know these personalities or you're just like super into their stories it's really kind of cool to hear the background of this stuff um but I know that these like podcast form things are um, a little shorter. So as I was cutting down these videos, I cut down a version of this to, you know, because I was like, well, why don't I just pull an audio version as well? And then we're covering the content here also because it's great stuff in these episodes. And, you know, J. Bell hosts podcasts and all that stuff, too. So but we did not put this on one. Um, so I thought this would be a great uh, opportunity to do so uh so yeah like i said um this one's not hosted by me this will be jay bell um she's featuring in this episode it is uh, autumn joy of autumn joy live uh she um i'll let them dive in to give all the background on her i just want to say i have seen autumn joy at a few like conferences and stuff i've never been in a room with her but i imagine she commands a room i freaking love her i love her confidence i love her like her vibe. She's just somebody that just like knows who the fuck she is and is not apologetic about it. And like, I don't, I don't know. I just like wish I had more of that, you know, like I am just so drawn to like strong women that just like speak their mind and just like the way they just like command, like just the way they talk. You know what I mean? Like, I think she was on, um, something, it was like the early, a few months ago, there was like this women on air, um, like brunch thing that we did like on zoom and like, I mean, just even on there, like she just commands like the Zoom room. Like she's just, I just, I love it. And I just huh, wish I had an ounce of commanding a room. <laughs> uh, so anyway, she's so inspiring just by listening to her story. She also, she did um, a little like reality TV. So I'll let them talk more about that as well on the episode too. She's got an interesting story, great insight to like the urban radio industry, which, you know, really isn't, you know, the stories that she's going to describe, you're like, well, that really happens everywhere. So um, unfortunately in, in media. So I'm always like, I think you're going to enjoy this guest. I, I have to change it up. I need to figure out <laughs> to 
different ways to say this, but you will, as always, please enjoy and welcome Miss J Bell and Autumn Joy live. Thank you. I'm so excited to have this guest on. I have been watching her journey since she hit the ground in Raleigh, North Carolina, where I'm from. And so when she came in and I saw her, I was like, oh, excuse my language. Oh, shit. Who is this? She's recognizable. I've seen her before. And then when I met her in person, she was even more lit. Welcome to my show, Autumn Joy. Hey, girl. That was, that was such a good intro. <laughs> I'm going to have to use that. Yes. I got the roadcaster. I give applause to all my guests now. I'm learning the hotkeys and everything. But, yes, welcome. Man, I've been waiting to have you on for a while, actually. Well, here, yeah. I, here I am. I'm yes, ready. You, you here now. You hear, perfect timing. What they say? All in God's timing, not your timing. Amen. All right, so we're we not even going to play no games. We're going to jump right into it. Let's go ahead and talk about your radio journey because it's a mm-hmm. lot more relatable than people would think. What a lot of people don't know is I had I started my radio journey in 2001. So, yeah, I, I, I had a full track scholarship down to Bethune-Cookman. And, of course, when I got there, I discovered boys and, you know, it went from going to track practice to going to my <laughs> boyfriends or, you know, whatever. So I ended up losing partial uh, half of my scholarship. So my parents were like, look, we didn't send you to Daytona Beach to, like, be down there messing around. So come home. So I was home for a year, depressed, uh, working a regular job. You know, I was like 19. I didn't know what direction I wanted to go in. So I'm driving down the street one day and I heard a commercial come over the radio for interns. So I was like, oh, you know what? I've always been, I've always loved radio since I was young. So I was like, you know what? Let me see what this is about. So I went to the station and the other people that were sitting in the lobby had on like blazers, the girls had on pencil skirts and here comes Autumn Joy (laughs) with jeans, thigh high boots that were like, tanned the stiletto like a fur coat with my purse and I'm just like oh snap I this th- this might be a little too much so I honestly just didn't think I was going to get it I was like yeah no nah, they, they nah, I'm good so I went for the interview mm-hmm. but the girls that interviewed me fell in love with me like they really liked me um shout out to my girl Sarah Connor Majima Pritchett um but yeah so they were telling me that I was going to be an intern on the programming side. And again, not knowing radio terminology, I'm like, oh, cool. What's that? Oh, we're going to put you with Donnie Simpson. I was like, Donnie Simpson? Like, he is legend. a radio giant. He's a legend. Like, I was just going to be happy to be in promotions passing out t-shirts, but you're going to put me with Donnie? So I was like, all right. So uh, I had to be up every morning by five o'clock, get to the station. I, had, I did a show prep, everything. And that was the year that uh, American Idol, I think it was like Justin Guarini and uh, Kelly Clarkson, that was the year mm-hmm. that they won. So girl, I'm, I'm old, I'm a dinosaur. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so he was like, Autumn, do you watch American Idol? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, all right, when you come in in the morning, let's do like a recap. So I'm like, all right, bet. So I'm thinking he meant like, me type something up, write some notes, something that he can read. No girl. Mm-hmm. He was like, all right, Autumn, come sit, come sit at uh, Mike B. I was like, oh, still still completely oblivious to what was about to happen. So I was like, oh, all right, cool. I had his paper, so I'm just sitting there like, he's like, oh, put the headphones on. So I grabbed the, he- I'm literally like, well, what is about to happen? And so he he comes up, he does his intro, and he's like, all right, so, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da, Autumn Joy. 
I was like, uh-uh. <laughs> so, but it was in that moment when I heard myself talk in HD in the headphones, I was like, oh. You fell in love with it. I fell in love with my boy. I said, ooh, girl, you sound good. So so that was the moment where I, I realized like, you know what? I could talk on the radio. I, I could do this. And I haven't looked back since. And after that, you know, I, I got an internship in Miami at 99 Jams. I was down there. Shout out to Shelby Russian. She was doing midday. So I got to intern under her. That was, and that's where I met Derek Baker. And when I was there, that was when DJ Khaled still had his show at nights. Mm -hmm. And DJ Khaled went on vacation. So Derek let me fill in with him on DJ Khaled's show. And so I'm there doing my thing. People started calling in like, yo, who is that? She sounds so good. Um, the, the DJ, the popular DJ, he's the DJ for Miami Heat. His name is escaping me right now, but he gave me kudos on air. So I knew like, oh snap, this is about to be lit. So that, that was just the beginning. And then I got overnights at WKYS. I was there for a while. I did a stint in Delaware. Mm -hmm. I moved to New York. I lived in New York um, wow. for a little over a year. Yeah, I, I got a, I was working with thisis50.com. I had my own show on their website. I was on Shade 45 with the Gomez brothers. Um, I co-hosted with 50 Cent a few times, you know. So wow. yeah, girl, I've, I've been doing this for a little while. So, but then of course, you know, like everything, I hit like a brick road, like, oh, I'm sorry, brick wall. And all of my radio dreams just literally stopped. So after I moved back from, New York down back home to Maryland, mm -hmm. I didn't have any radio opportunities that were opening up. So I had to get a regular job. I had to, I worked at Enterprise Rent-A-Car. You know, I was, I was doing the Enterprise thing. And you know how hard it is to be checking somebody into their car and they're like, you have such a good voice. You should be on the radio. And I'm just oh like, my God. That's thank you so much. Here's your receipt. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for saying that. Like, I know, but it was, those were the moments that, of course, that humbled me, but it also made me work harder. Mm. And so that's when I launched my internet radio show, Star Power Radio. And I utilized my, like how you're doing, you know, reaching across the aisle, people that I know in real life, like, hey, can you come on my show? So I got like Kevin Durant, Drea from Basketball Wives back, you know, back then, um, Wale, yeah, uh, Shy Glizzy, Fat Trell, you know, so all of these people, because I had personal relationships with them, mm -hmm. they would come on my show and just show me love. And so my pod, my, my, on my internet show really, it did well it, for, for it to be an internet radio show. So from there, um, I decided, I was like, you know what, let me spruce up my air check. Let me, let me just send it out and see if anybody bites, you know, it was like a Tuesday at 2.48 PM, you know, like, you know, just a random day. So I did the air check. I sent it out to every PD that I knew and nobody responded back. Nobody even said, oh, thank you for this. But it, again, we've all been there. Right. The only PD that responded back is Al Payne. And he was the one, because I, when I worked at KYS, he was the PD for a little while. And he remembered me and always liked my voice. So when he responded back, he was like, hey, all of you, you're still doing radio? I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm still around. And he was the one that opened the door back up for me into radio. Wow. And so I got, I got 10, uh, 10 PM to 2 AM at 92 Q in Baltimore. And so that's, that's how I got back into radio. Thanks to Al Payne. And from that opportunity, middays at, in Raleigh opened up and Derek Baker was the PD in Raleigh. So 
remember my my internship in Miami. So those relationships are so important to just keep fostering those relationships and to always just be a good person because people remember that. Mm -hmm. And so when when Derek Baker hit me up for the opportunity, I was doing I was actually a property manager at the time, just a regular nine to five. I was doing radio part time at 92Q. So I was doing 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. and then had my full time job from eight until five. So it literally, it was like that for a while, but girl, I was like, I'm back. I'm back in radio. Right. I'll make this thing work. I'll figure it out. I, I packed my son up, had him in the studio with me. Like <laughs> I just made sure it worked. And so when the opportunity at K975 came open, I mean, yeah, it was like a $30,000 pay cut, but the opportunity to be back full time on radio was really what I desired and I wanted. So I had to make a choice. Do I become a big fish in a small pond in Raleigh Mm. or do I keep trying to swim upstream in a market that you really can't grow like that? Right. And so I I stepped out on faith and packed my little bags up, packed my son up. We moved down to Raleigh. I didn't know a soul. I didn't know anything about North Carolina or Raleigh, but I just knew that I got the opportunity to be full-time in radio and shout out to Derek Baker because he really was a, he was a hands-on PD, but still hands-off. So he let me do my thing while I was there. And so I just hit the ground running. And you talked about some very important things. One, you, you worked with some legends. I mean, Donnie Simpson is a legend. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Um, two, you talk about fostering relationships and keeping those relationships in order because it brought you back into radio at a time mm-hmm. that you didn't think you were going to get back in. Yeah. And three, having that faith, taking a leap of faith. And even though it was a pay cut, because, you know, we we don't do radio for the money. We do it for the love of it. Mm -hmm. But you were able to take that leap of faith. And now it's brought you to um, a top five market. You know what I'm saying? You're back home in Maryland, but you're you're not necessarily in Maryland. You're in Washington, D.C. at a legendary station at a legendary HBCU. Yes. You know, at Howard University, and you're with WHUR, which had a lot of legends come out of that market, out of that station itself. Mm-hmm. And so your story comes around full circle. But I do want to circle back a little bit. Yeah, please do. I want to, obviously, a lot of us would love to work with someone like Donnie Simpson. Yeah. You know, I met him. I saw him in person. I was like, dang, them green eyes is real. Oh, green eyes. What's up? Hey, exactly. <laughs> they, they really real. Um, how was it? How was it working with him? Watching Donnie work and his work ethic and understanding the, the way that he opened his breaks, the way that he thought about what he was going to say, even like his interview style, I paid attention to. And he's a very conversational Interviewers. So if you listen to any of my interviews, it's a conversation. Like I have a series called Candid Conversations. I do on HUR and I call it that because I don't want to just ask the cookie cutter questions. Like mm-hmm. let's talk. Like let's, you know, I, I interviewed Ashanti the other day and I got so many comments like, yo, you sounded like y'all sound like y'all were homegirls. I've never met Ashanti a day in my life. I love her. <laughs> She's dope. But it's like, but that's that's how I wanted it to be. And and I I go back to Donnie Simpson because I paid attention to how he interviewed. Um, also his tone, you know, when, when you're talking, be be conversational. You're not, hey, 96.3 WHUR. That's not real. And, and I used to talk like that because I, I heard other jocks doing that. Mm-hmm. So I used to try to be like this. And that's not me. You know, like it, it wasn't connecting because it, it just, it sounds commercial. 
And so listening to how Donnie talked, very conversational, it, it drew you in. It, it made you want to listen. It made it made you feel like when he was talking as you're driving, you're you're conversing back with him. Like, mm-hmm, yeah, no, mm. and that's that's how you want your listeners to feel. You want them to feel like they're having a conversation with you. And so those were those were the key points that I took away. You know, and and just how to be gracious. You know, and and even though he was Donnie Simpson and like a, he's a legend and everybody loves him, he was so gracious. Like he never not took a picture. He never not spoke to anybody. He was very nice. Like I was actually there for his very last show at WPGC. And of course the studio was like filled with people. And I kind of like moved towards the back. Cause I, I wasn't trying to be in the way. Right. And right on his last break girl, he was like, and last but not least, I want to thank my intern Autumn Joy. And I was like, right. Oh, and so I'm like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, trying to go, you know, excuse me, excuse me, that's my cue, you know, and so, but it was, it was, and it was an unpaid internship. So mind you, I was there, you know, for, it was just the summertime, but I was there every morning by 5 a.m. making sure he had everything that him and Chris Paul had everything that they needed. Um, and so, yeah, so the fact that he shouted me out on his last break on his last show and then handed me an envelope with $500, you know, yes. Girl, I still, I still got that. I still got that envelope. I don't have the five hundred dollars no more. But, but yeah, girl, I still, I should have brought it up here. But yeah, so you know, I, I think that having the opportunity to to be under a legend as my first gig, mm-hmm. I mean, at the time, you don't really realize how big of a deal it is. But yeah, as I as I've progressed. I'm just like, thank God, you know, he ordered my steps and put me in situations and put me exactly where I needed to be. Because even though I couldn't see HUR right now, my dream job, finally getting paid my worth. Right. He put me in those situations to prepare me for that. Um, Somewhere in between that, you decided to dip into the world of reality television. I did. (laughs) Okay. I did. Autumn was on season three of Flavor of Love, and her name on there was Seasons. <laughs> yeah, girl. Flavor of Love, man. How did you even end up on this show? Like, what made you want to do it? So I was like everybody else early on. Like, with season, with season one, glued in, must-see TV. I loved hoops. I was rooting for hoops. Um, season two glued in New York, of course, was, you know, the, the, the villain, but you know, she's still made for good TV. It wasn't until the third season when they were looking, they were casting and they came to DC at the time I was doing overnights at WKYS. And so the lady who was doing midday, shout out to Jeannie Jones. She was doing middays at KYS and she was like, Autumn, you'd be great on reality TV. I was like, Oh, you know, I've heard that before. She's like, I mean, you should go out for flavor of love. I said, I ain't going out there flame, kissing flavor flame. I was like everybody else with, the, I don't know. I'm good girl. Like I'm fine. Then she was like, well, I know some of the producers. So she was like, if you want, just go talk to the producer, see how it goes. If you don't get it cool. If you do cool. So I was like, all right, Jeannie, I'll go. So I went, we met at this hotel right in downtown DC. I go to the room. They had like the lights and everything set up. And we sit down, they had a whole series of questions. We maybe got to like the fourth question and they asked me something about shoes. 
I love shoes. Shoes and purses are my thing. So we just started talking about like shoes, different types of shoes. I'm standing up, twirling around, doing this, doing that, cracking jokes. And they were like, when I say like tears coming out their eyes, laughing at me, they didn't even get the rest of the questions in. And then the lady was like, listen, I love you. I'm going to make sure you're on the show. So I'm like, okay, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like Hollywood talk. I know how that goes. So that next weekend, me and my girlfriends went to Miami. And so I get a phone call for a 310 number. I'm like, I don't know nobody in Cali. Girl, it was the producer. Like, hey, it's such and such from Flavor of Love. We loved your audition tape. We would love to bring you on the show. I was like, I'm looking at my girl. We laying on the beach. I said, this is okay. Uh, so they faxed the, my contract. The contract was like this thick. They faxed it to the hotel. I, I took like stacks and gave it to my whole girl. I was like, here. You take that just initial at the bottom. I wasn't, I wasn't reading all that. You initial here, you initial there. Um, we, I had to go get an STD check. So contrary to popular belief, you have to pass an ST, a full STD check. Cause some of the girls do have sex with Flav. I was not one of them. So I ended up, you know, going out there and I did not think I was going to make it that far. The first day, the first shot, you'll remember Every season, the very first shot, all the girls are lined up by the front door. Slave mm -hmm. pulls up in the driveway. We're like, oh, all excited. All of the girls, I kid you not, they all had on little mini skirts, stilettos, boobies out. And here comes Autumn with jeans and a leather bomber. And I'm like, ah, oh, snap. I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to make it far. Like, this ain't for me. And then when they opened the doors, they all ran in. I, I just casually walked in. And they're like, they started early. They were like downstairs drinking, trying to get camera time. And I was just like, man, what am I doing? Like, I'm already on the radio. Like I have a career. Like, do I really need to be doing this? And it wasn't until I was upstairs sitting in the, one of the rooms, with another one of the girls who was kind of over it, and we were just kind of waiting. One of the producers came out and they were like, um, did, are you guys going to go downstairs and socialize? I was like, oh, well, I'm just waiting for you guys to tell me, you know, what time my one-on-one -on -one time is with Flav. And they were like, oh no, because they already gave other girls. So girls that they knew were going to stay like the more outlandish girls, they gave them one-on-one -on -one time, but the rest of us had to kind of fin, you know, try to try to get it. Oh. And so I had to make a decision in that moment. I was like, okay, do I want to be the girl from DC that got sent home early or like the first episode or do I really just legit want to see how this thing goes? So I was like, bump it. Let's see how it goes. So I had a picture. My, my brother at the time was incarcerated. And so he literally, like I went to visit him before I left and he told me, he's like, man, Autumn, do that shit. Why not? Like right. it's good promotion, bump it. So I grabbed the picture of me and my brother um, and I, Flav was sitting downstairs in one of the chairs and it was like one girl, Prancer, my girl Prancer, that's my girl. She was sitting on one side, this other girl who, who got cut the first episode, I don't remember her name. She was sitting on the other side, other girls were standing around him. So I was like, okay, I gotta get him away from these girls. What do I, what do I do? So I was like, just be bold. So I walked up, I said, Flav, if you wanna deal with a real woman, Come and holla at season. No, I said, Flav, if you want to deal with a real woman that doesn't have to do all of this for attention, come and holla at seasons. The girl's like, uh, whatever, whatever. But Flav looked at me. He was like, excuse me, pick the girl. He was like, I'm going with seasons. He got up. I was like, oh shit, it worked. Oh, it worked. Okay. <laughs> and so he grabbed my hand. And it's so funny because I didn't think it was going to work. We started walking and there was like some curtains right here. And so I was like, all right. So I pulled the curtain back. It was a wall. I was like, oh. 
uh, let's go over here. So, so he sat down and, you know, I showed him the picture of my brother and I was like, hey, listen, you know, I'm from DC. My brother, he's incarcerated. He's the one that told me to come on. Da, da, da. You know, I'm not here for all of that. I'm here to get to know. Like, I was honest with him. Mm-hmm. And from that point on, he was always checking for me. But like, we became really good friends over the seat, like over the whole shooting, you know, we really became like, he really became a really cool friend. And so he really liked me. I I made top three, like I made it very far. I got eliminated off some BS, but it did get to a point after being there for three months, you know, yeah. So so when it came down to it, our trip, first season, they went to Mexico. Second season, they went to Vegas. But our season, we went to the South of France. So when they told us our trip was to the south of France, I was like, oh, I'm definitely staying around it long enough for that. So, yeah. So, I mean, I ended up getting eliminated in France, but it was cool. And the producers, I had like an arch nemesis on the show. Her name was Sincere. Mm -hmm. Um, So me and her were constantly going back and forth. Like, oh, God, that was our storyline. I knew I was about to get eliminated. So the producers, they were coming in, you know, doing my my mic or whatever. And they were like, you know what? You should go out with a bang. Like, you should you should hit Sincere. looking like no thank you like I was very aware that this would be YouTubeable, and I'm not trying to be that chick that people can pull footage up of me like getting into a physical altercation so I knew I was getting eliminated I went gave Flav a hug said bye to the ladies and I'll chuck the deuces girl like but it was it was an experience like I don't regret it Mm -hmm. it was a moment in time I had so much fun you know I didn't have to work for like two years after that because I was either getting booked or you know, just enjoying, you know, right. being flown around by different actors and athletes and people that just wanted to be around. So yeah, girl, that's, that's a whole nother podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it- um, so uh, we're going to move on a little bit because I want to talk about what are some of the other adversities that you've had to deal with over the years? Um, I would just have to say, honestly, the biggest uh, thing that a lot of female radio personalities have to deal with is the male ego, mm. you know, um, I, I told myself early on that I never want to be in no man's shadow. I don't want to be nobody's sidekick on a morning show. No shade to women that do that. Right. But I, for me, I just knew that my brand, Autumn Joy Live, was big enough in and of itself to where I could carry myself. And I didn't need to be the such and such show with Autumn Joy Live. Like, I I never, I never subscribed to that notion. Mm. But the male ego just constantly, like being overlooked or being looked at as like, you know, oh, she's young. She's, she, she don't know what she, oh, she's, or getting hit on or, you know, uh, saying stuff to you. And, you know, within the urban radio industry, that's commonplace because there's really no checks and balances for it. You know, if you go to HR, you're blackballed. If you, you know, it, it, so it's, it's almost like you have to grin and bear it. And you have to, and, and it's, it's like, you don't, if you stand up for yourself, then that person can become an asshole to you. So let's say he's like, oh man, damn, them titties looking nice in that shirt, girl. Oh. If I respond with, yo, don't say that to me. I will, uh, then I risk, you know, uh, mind you, he's the star of the station. Mm-hmm. He, he's the one that everybody loves. He can create any narrative that he wants and can completely blackball me from doing anything at the radio station. So if I respond that way, a way that he doesn't like, then I'm, I'm ostracized. If I'm too soft, then he feels like he can do it again. And I'm not. So it's, it's, it's a very weird kind of a space as a, especially an attractive female, because yes, 
I've been able to use what I've got to, to, right. you know, get to, yeah. But I can tell you this, I've never, ever, ever had to sleep with anybody. I've never had to, um, uh, I've never had to do anything sexual to get anything that I wanted. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, because I didn't do that, it took me 10 years to become an overnight sensation. So it's, it's, if you take that easy road, that person always has that dangling over top of you and it never really works out in the woman's favor because you'll always have that stigma of, oh, she, she F to get to where she is. Mm. You can, J Bell, you can ask anybody in the industry. Autumn Joy Live has never had to do anything um, to get to where I am now. And it was hard. I mean, when I was at Satellite Radio, I had a very well-known person in the industry who is still very well-known in the industry come at me. And because I rejected those, uh, like literally like pulled his junk out, you know, and because I rejected that and walked away, I was not able to get the on-air position that I wanted at Shea 45. Like I, cause you know, I was, I was a sidekick with the Gomez brothers, but I was, they were looking at me to do, you know, have an actual shift. And because I rejected his advances, I never got it. And that, so that's why I left New York and came back to Maryland because I got, I got shut out. And, you know, that's when like the suicide, suicidal thoughts started to come into play when I just didn't think I was good enough and I wasn't pretty enough, or maybe I should have just taken him up on his advances. I, I wouldn't be back home. And, you know, and, and, and it's, it's hard. It's hard because you do all of this hard work. You know you're talented and your career gets derailed because you decline a sexual advance from a pig, you know? And so again, and that's why I, I empathize with women. You know, I, I've had, I've, my career has been riddled with other women who have tried to fight me. I've had a woman who well-known tried, literally tried to fight me because she was, this is when I was an intern. She was late for her on air shift. I was there passing out t-shirts at the event, standing next to the PD at the time. The girl was late. We had to interview artists. They were scrambling. The PD grabbed me. It was like, Autumn, go into here. Here's the mic. Headphones. We're going up in 10. I'm like, oh, 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 oh. And I just turned it on. Interviewed, went, interview went flawlessly and it was good. And then when the girl got there, she looked at me as if I Still was trying to, yeah. And so like wanted to fight me, you know, I've, I've had, you know, women bad mouth me mm-hmm. and I, and that's why now, um, J bell, I pride myself in making sure that I'm just a nice person, mm-hmm. especially to young girls that are trying to get in the industry. There's enough space for all of us right. and anybody that reaches out to me or wants advice or wants to talk, I'm always available because I didn't have that coming up. I didn't have a nice person to me coming up. I had to just figure it out on my own. So I told myself that when I got into a position of power or a position where people looked at me as, you know, a beacon or whatever, that I would never, I would never be that mean girl. Cause I remember how it made me feel. I remember crying, like, why are people like this towards me? But I had to understand that they didn't, they didn't like the way I was able to move and how I had favor over my life. Mm. So it was more so they didn't like the favor that, that I was being shown. Right. And, you know, I've gotten it from male PDs. I've gotten it from GMs. I've gotten it. I've gotten it from every, I'm talking about, I, 
I can name names right now that you, your jaw would be on the ground. I had a situation where we were at a concert Mm -hmm. and there was a very big wig that was in town and my PD, um, our online editor, one of the other on-air personalities and my homegirl that I invited. And we were all standing in like the corridor, just waiting, you know, for the concert to start. Mm-hmm. And I looked at the big wig dude. I was like, hey, I was like, you know, welcome. You know, how, how long are you in town for? He said, I was like, okay, cool. I said, we're, um, are you planning on going out anywhere? Girl, I kid you not. In front of everybody. He was like, I mean, why? Did you want to come back to my hotel room with me? I looked at my, my, my PD turned around and walked away. I guess he didn't want to. He wouldn't get involved in it. That's crazy. My online, I looked at my online editor. She was like, oh. And I was just like, oh, no, I'm good. Thank you, though. Not, no, not thank you. Let me I said, oh, no, I'm good. And just like grabbed my phone. I was like, yo. That's and that just goes to show you how the culture in urban radio can be. Mm. And it's like, and these people... They get promoted, promoted, promoted. They get accolades, slapped on the back. Like they're, and they're the biggest, it, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's just hard. It's, yeah, hard. it's hard. It's hard. I, I, I'm glad that you told that story. And I'm glad that you, you're very open about that because I was talking about this with mm-hmm. another guest that we don't talk enough about um, depression and anxiety in our industry because it's, it's, we're so engulfed in it. It becomes us. That's who we are. And so when it's taken from us or our life has to change around it where we're not doing the same thing anymore, it's really hard to um, look at anything else. And so um, the stories that you're telling, and I think that that's something that people need to hear because we hear about all the glitz and the glory and the glamorous, and we try to make ourselves look like we're always happy doing this and that, but they don't understand or know what the story is behind it to get you to that point. Yeah. And it, it sucks that as a woman, that type of thing, that story that you just told about um, a big wig, that that's something that women have to deal with, not just in urban radio, but in the entertainment industry, period. Yeah. And they're scared to talk about it because of the fact that they're scared to get blackballed or blacklisted also, or mm-hmm. have opportunities taken away from them. And mm-hmm. so they keep quiet about it. And then it dives deeper into their soul. And then it takes them down a journey that they never thought they were, they were going to go into. Yeah. Um, and I think that we have to start holding these big wigs and these power players, men and women accountable when things like that happen. You know, otherwise the culture is never going to change. I'm going to ask you this because you talked about Karen Clark a little bit. You guys is dynamic too. (laughs) It's rare in radio, uh, especially when it comes to urban radio. Yeah. You know, not too many women are close like how you guys are. You know, Karen, she's an Aquarius like me. And so, yeah. So, I mean, if you're into like astrological signs, Aquarius women, we're just, we're very easygoing. We... We're very open-minded, you know, we're, we're not hateful or spiteful people. And so Karen was very open and nice to me when I got there. And again, I, I approached the situation very open-minded because I, I didn't really know how people were going to be. Um, and, you know, Karen has a very funny personality. And so coupled with me being crazy and outgoing, it just turned into a thing. And we respect, we, of course, we, we respected each other's boundaries. Um, 
instead of like competing with each other, it was more of like fun. We made fun and, and just did, we, we had to see each other for three years, every single Monday through Friday and sometimes on the weekend. So who wants to have friction with somebody for three years and your studio was right next door and you have to see each other. I needed that energy from Karen. Like I, I needed a woman, another female. Cause I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, I don't need female friends. No, I like having female friends, genuine female friends. Mm-hmm. And that's what Karen Clark was to me. And not just that, she, it, she knows everything like super smart. So when it came down to like my contract negotiation, mm-hmm. finding a lawyer, stuff about my son, where to get groceries, what's the best, like, like, I'll be like, you know what, let me go ask Karen, let me, let me ask Karen, or if I needed, like, like, an opinion, she's, Mm -hmm. she's, again, very smart, I pull her on my show, like, Karen, I got Karen Clark here, and we would just pull each other on each other's show, and so it was, it was never a competition, you know, like, like, even when, like, Asia would come in the studio, hey, we got Asia Sky, Asia, come say what's up, I never looked, I never approached radio or look at radio as I'm the only chick in town right I'm the only one that's here I'm the only one no it's a collective effort this I don't own radio I don't own this station you know (laughs) and if if I am as hugely popular as I am yes I'll use I'll use my platform so people know who you are as well like hey Asia's on this weekend Asia what you got going on oh hey catch Karen Clark on what does it matter at the end of, at the end of the day, if you really, what does it really matter? You know? So, you know, I, I, I appreciate Karen Clark and, and, you know, she is, like you said, definitely a rare jewel in the radio game because, you know, and I'm seeing it more now I'm seeing more female unity now, but as you know, it's because you got to think it's always only been one, maybe even two positions available on air at a radio station for a female. Right. Either you're the sidekick doing the gossip segment or inter interjecting here and there on a morning show, right. um, maybe middays, you know, and that's it. Or, or maybe like a part-time weekend shift. So women for a very long time were catty to each other because it's like, okay, I'm here. You look over, you see another girl kind of lurking and you're just like, why is she here? Like, she's trying to come from my... And, you know, it's, and that's what I experienced. I, when I was coming in, I'm just excited to be in the room, but you're looking at me like I'm coming for your job. And it's like, no. So for, like I said, I told myself as I could continue to grow in this, in this industry, I was, I never wanted to come off as that mean girl Mm -hmm. or have a reputation for being a mean girl. And I love that because you also do um, a very fun event. I haven't got to go yet. Um, Radio run. Yay. Yeah. Yes. So I saw your first one that you did last year before COVID came over and took everything. But yeah, there you go. There you go. Promo, (laughs) promo. You put together this program to teach young women how to get into radio. Mm -hmm. You have a certain method. What is that method? So it's so it's called the prep method. I and I did all of this, like this whole manual, I did from scratch. Like really sat down, locked myself in the library, turned on some classical music and really just did it from, from everything from scrap. And so the acronym that we came up with was PREP, Passion, Realization, Effort, Planning and Preparation. And so with those key points, I of course bullet, bullet pointed them and then gave people real tangible advice 
on how to make it, not just in radio, but the entertainment industry, period. Mm-hmm. And so the, the idea, you know, and, and again, shout out to my, my boyfriend, Rich, you know, he was very instrumental in helping me really realize my full potential and really just like pushing me. Cause these were ideas that I had for like two years. And I was like, Oh, I'll get around to it. And he was like, no, this is good. Let's put it, you know? And so, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you know what, let me get serious about it. But then that component of doubting myself and I, and J Bell, I still do this to this day. You're, I know you're gonna be like, why? But I still have a, a, a doubting component where I'm like, okay, I got my manual, but is anybody gonna wanna come and hear it from me? Like, do people even like me that much? Like, do they think I'm successful enough to really? Mm-hmm. And girl, that thing sold out. So, you know, it, it's for me, again, because I didn't have anybody helping me along my journey, like outside of like Donnie Simpson, my very first gig, mm-hmm. I didn't have like a mentor or anybody that I reached out to that could that could say, hey girl, this is what you do. I had to figure this out as I went along. And so I was like, you know what? I wanna help people. I wanna create a method. I wanna create an event. I wanna create something where it doesn't just tell people, keep on believing and you too can make it. Like, no. Yeah. What do I tangibly need to know and to do so that I can be successful in entertainment? And so, yeah, that's where Radio Run, you know, came from. And that's, that's what birthed the whole, like, literally, girl, it's a, it's a manual, like. Yeah, I've seen it on your Instagram and you were like testing it and showing it out. And then you yeah. have the whole video. And, and I learned from the radio greats, like you have to pay attention to what these dom- these men that have dominated this radio game for so long, you have to watch what they do. So for me, radio is radio. It's my passion. It's my first love. But radio is is, is the the avenue that I'm just going to use to get me to that next level. Because I'm trying to get to a whole nother tax bracket. I'm trying to get to. I'm trying to get to the Tom Joyner level. I'm trying to get to the Ricky Smiley level. I want Autumn Joy Live to be up there. When you hear about radio greats and you hear names, I want Autumn Joy Live to be up there. That takes me back to my point where I don't want to be a sidekick under somebody else's umbrella. I don't want to be in somebody's shadow. I don't want to have to try to book stuff as, oh, I'm such and such from such and such show. And they're looking at me like, oh yeah, we okay, but you know, can you get, can you get your boy to come? No. It's Autumn Joy Live. <laughs> it's okay? all mine. All mine, my brand. And and I, and I think that, you know, and I've seen a lot of women doing that and I love it. I love it. I love the fact that there's there's women that believe in themselves enough, like the J-Bells of the world to, you know, create your logo and create um, your, your marketing and to just keep going and, and keep staying visual. And, and again, I, I do talk about that in my radio run, but that's very key. That's very important. Um, and I said it the other day, don't focus on how many likes you're getting. Don't focus on how many views you're getting. Like I have over 50,000 followers and I still sometimes average only 1200 views on videos or 600 likes on pictures. It, you know, And so if I, if I focused on that, and I used to, I used to look at it and say, oh, I only got 500 likes. Let me take this down. Nobody liked it. Girl, you're going to take this picture. You know, I'm sorry that I'm not showing more ass, but this is, this is, this is me. This is my timeline. Take it and y'all go like, and, and once you remove that 
from once you once you stop trying to please everybody and just focus on what you're doing Mm -hmm. if i had gotten my big break 10 years ago i would i would be out of radio right now because i wasn't ready i was not ready i wasn't in my mind i thought oh i got it i'm here but god was like no girl you still got mm -mm. you still have more life lessons to do if i hadn't been in property management I wouldn't really know paperwork, reading my contract, making sure everything is correct, being organized, everything that's prepared me for the moment that I'm in right now. And so that's why I'm able to do so well in this space and where I am, because I went through those hard moments. I was overlooked. I was being laughed at it. Not saying you're being laughed at, but I'm just saying like, right, I was I being laughed at. I was, I was the one that, you know, people were on the inside, on the out, like that could have helped me, but didn't. And, you know, and it sucks because what people think is that, and don't take this the wrong way, because this is, this is how I was looked at. Mm -hmm. You're not important enough to really pay attention to people. Don't pay attention. People didn't start paying attention to me until I got to K975. And then it was like, Oh, you know, but I took it and ran girl. You couldn't tell me like, all right, babe, I let people, people really thought that K975 was my first opportunity in radio. And I'm like, you know what? If that's what y'all want to think, that's fine. I don't care what people think. And that's another thing. Mm -hmm. I stopped caring about what people thought. And I just moved the way that I wanted to move Mm -hmm. and, and, and acted and talked the way that I wanted to act and talk. And I just was my authentic self. That was it. That was it. Literally. We are going to play a game of black card revolt. Ooh, come on, sound effects. Right. Want to hear it again? Let's do it again. Do it again. Yeah. <laughs> now you got to get four out of five in order to keep your black card. Otherwise, I'm oh, snatching no! I can't yes. get my black card revoked, babe. What does it mean? This is according to mama. Mm-hmm. What does it mean if she dreamt a fish last night? A. Oh, oh, you did it before I could even get it out. Yeah, I'm trying to keep my black card. All right, all right, you got that one. Okay, all right, all right. So next one. Approximately, how long did Sophia have to fight? All my life, I had to fight. Ah, there you go. You got another one. Uh... <laughs> okay, next one. Which character from Martin lived on the fifth floor? Uh, Bruh man from the fifth floor. Dang it, you still, you getting them. All right, all right. Okay, all right, here we go. Who is Oprah Winfrey's best friend? Gail. Ah, I knew you were going to know that one. Okay, (laughs) all right, all right. Last one. I don't think you're going to get this one, but either way, you won. So, let's see. When Grandma tells you to wrench it off, what do you (laughs) need to complete the task? A, a wrench. B, lots of salt. C, hot sauce. Or D, Water. Be water. Uh, oh, that's because I gave it to you. That's because I gave it to you. That's okay. All right. Autumn Joy, you have been a joy. <laughs> no pun intended. I enjoy having you on for all of my new listeners and new viewers that will be watching this also on the radio fam. You are listening to the Radio Fam Podcast. Fam on all the social platforms at the Radio Fam.
So let's go ahead and ask it. When grandma tells you to wrench it off, what do you need to complete the task? A, a wrench. B, lots of salt. C, hot sauce. Or D, water. D, water. Ah, uh, that's because I gave it to you. That's because I gave it to you. That's okay. All right. Autumn Joy, you have been a joy. <laughs> no pun intended. I enjoy having you on for all of my new listeners and new viewers that will be watching this also on the radio fam. 